Hey guys, spoilers ahead. I'm Laura. And I'm Wes. And this is Breakdown from the Couch. That's right. This is the podcast where we watch movies that are available on streaming services and then try to break them down for you scene by scene. Uh, yep. You can check us out on social media. Just search for Breakdown from the Couch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also check us out on ageofradio.org. You can find our episodes there as well as shop our sponsors. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to give us a review and message us with any movie suggestions you might have. Um, so we are continuing on uh, this month with our su- listener suggestions. And one of the uh, listener suggestions that we got uh, was from Christian Steiner, and he suggested that we do American Psycho. Yep. So that's what we're going to do today. Yep. Um, do you have the synopsis? I do. <laughs> uh, from Internet Movie Database, as always. I don't think I need to preface that anymore. Just <laughs> Right? <laughs> I think at this point it's all always going to be from there. Right. All right. So a wealthy New York City investment banking executive, Patrick Bateman, hides his alternative psychopathic ego from his co-workers and friends as he delves deeper into his violent, hedonistic fantasies. Yeah. <laughs> it's very accurate. <laughs> it is. So, all right. Well, you ready to get to it? Yep. All right. Um, so we open up with what looks to be a little bit of like dripping blood, um, you know, kind of some sinister sounding music. Yeah. Um, I kind of like what they did with the opening music. Yeah. Where at first it was just every time a drop would fall by, you'd hear like a violin. Right. A pluck. Yeah, exactly. So we start off with that, but of course it doesn't end up being blood. It turns out that it's, you know, that they're at a restaurant and it's just somebody basically dressing the plate with whatever. Some sort of fancy sauce of some sort. Yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, the camera starts panning through this restaurant. And it's it's clear it's a very upscale restaurant. Right. Everybody there, all the clients, look, you know, they're they're very wealthy. Mm-hmm. And you hear all these passing conversations, and then you kind of hear some of the waiters describing the dishes. Right. You know, onion marmalade with uh, this, and then a side of that, and then lobster ravioli is the pasta of the day. Yeah. And... <laughs> and that is not anything that interests me. Exactly. <laughs> but it's setting the tone that this is very swanky, very mm-hmm. upscale, very posh. Right. You know, and the people there are just kind of, you know. Yeah. Um, well, Thurston off. Howell, you know, from Gilligan's well, Island, you know. Oh, my. <laughs> and I mean, that's just it. Yeah, it's set in the 80s. And so it's like you can tell, like, these people were definitely yuppies. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. sure so. For sure. And they did a pretty good job of setting the tone for mm-hmm. the 80s. And then uh, it finally focuses on this one table where we see a group of guys yeah. sitting together. One of them would be Patrick Bateman, Christian right. Bale's character. Right. And they're all discussing the day's business while they're, you know, enjoying their, you know, Hotty dishes, whatever they foods. may be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some sort of weird looking paste is on one guy's plate. And mm-hmm. It's inside of like this leaf looking thing. <laughs> right. And uh, they're, they're just sitting there discussing the day's business and... You know, it's a lot of the stereotypical, you know, 80s sort of... Um, business. Business talk, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I kind of had a little brain fart there. And one of them, like one guy, they're talking about this one guy who actually has this, you know, hot business account. Right. And he turns out he's Jewish. And, yeah. And uh, one guy's like, you know, he's clear. He thinks he only got the good account because he's a Jew. And, right. You know, and 
Bateman is like, you know, what does that have to do with anything? Exactly. And the guy's like, well, I didn't realize you were dating somebody from the ACLU. Yeah. And they're just kind of giving each other crap back and forth because of that. Well, and uh, Bateman actually says, you know, basically knock it off with the anti-Semitic right. comments. Yeah. Is what he, you know, tells them. Which is literally the only redeeming quality <laughs> right? in this character. The exactly. rest of this movie, this guy is a real jerk. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> And I believe that one of the characters comes back and he's like, man, there's no place for me to do my coke. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Oh, yeah, that was that scene. Yeah. He went to the bathroom and there was no, apparently, no yeah. counter set up for coke. Yeah. Apparently the place is too nice, I guess. Yeah, the coke could do and Yeah. need to go to an Applebee's for that. Right? <laughs> no. I like that meme. I, I only too. say that because of that meme that circulates Facebook. Yeah. Um. Anywho, so... Um, it cuts from there where they, uh, they're at this bar yeah. and this club and there's like, you know, the, the women dancing on the stage. They've got these squirt guns, which I guess are filled with probably liquor or something. I guess. But, uh, yeah, Patrick Bateman, he goes to the bar and he goes to, to give, uh, the bartender these tickets mm-hmm. and she's like, you know, we don't accept these anymore. It's a cash bar only. Yeah. And so she turns around or whatever after he gives her money and this is where we kind of get, you know, the beginnings of his um, his personality, where he's like, basically, is like, you know, I could kill you, you bitch, and yeah. you know, just, you know, talking down, you know, talking bad about her behind her back, and you know, talking about how, yeah, he'd hurt her and all this other stuff. Right, he says it very loudly. Mm-hmm. You'd think somebody would have heard that. Right. But she turns around. She's just a smile on her face. Hands him his drinks. Yep. And his change. And he, you know, gives a little polite smile back, you know, thank right. you, you know, turns around yeah. and runs off to enjoy uh, his night with his friends at this club. Right. Um, and then it cuts from there to the next morning. And this is where we get a little inner monologue with uh, this Bateman character. Yeah, he goes, we get his entire routine, which, yes. good Lord, how would you, like, the amount of time I would think it would take to do this routine... Oh lord! You would ha- you wouldn't hours. be able yeah you wouldn't be able to like go to work or do anything. No, you'd have to like it shows him getting up in the morning for the first part of his routine and the sun is out. Yeah, like okay, I get that. You know, it would probably be pretty early in the morning, but for him to start that routine and finish it by mm-hmm. the time it's time to go to work at like eight o'clock, I'm guessing yeah. for that sort of job. Right. You would probably need to start that at like four. Right. And I mean, so first thing he does, you know, he gets up to pee. Yeah. So he pees. And then, but then he goes through, you know, and we see him in the shower. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about all these different things that he uses in the shower. Oh, yeah. All I, these different little lotions and serums yeah. and cleansers. Right. And you just see him and he's showering and he's talking about, the, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he talks about how, you know, he doesn't use any aftershave that has alcohol because it dries out your face yeah and you see him and he you know he talks about how he always puts on this uh, specific uh face mask for about 10 minutes right well, which i'm not gonna lie that was kind of a satisfying scene to right watch. i like i when i was a Whenever... kid i used to take glue mm-hmm. and i would put it on my fingers Yep. And I would start peeling it off when it would dry. See, I used to do it on, like, the palm of my hand. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then peel it off. Yeah, that was fun to do. Yeah. And then you can look at, you could look at the glue and you mm-hmm. could see your fingerprints in it and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just it, though. So he's, you know, he's got the face mask thing on and, you know, he's just talking about, yeah, his routine. Mm-hmm. And then, sure enough, yeah, they show him and he's peeling it off, 
Right. You know, slowly off of his face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at that point, too, he's kind of talking about himself and how, um, like, he doesn't really have, like, feelings and stuff, I think. Exactly. This is where yeah. it starts coming out that he is a sociopath of right. some sort. He he uses, I think his phrase, probably not word for word what the script um, line was, but... He the phrase he used was you shake my hand and you feel that I have flesh and blood like you and you think that our lifestyles may possibly be right. the same but I'm just not there right you know right. and he says it real cold and dude like that routine just back to that routine <laughs> that routine I I would wager to say that most supermodels don't have a routine that vigorous exactly <laughs> yeah I don't think so I'm either. sure they've got a skincare regimen but I bet it's not even that well I mean and I get what they're doing you know they're showing that one yeah he's a, so- oh, he's a sociopath ex- and yes. that yeah he's also narcissistic extremely as so, narcissistic right and so uh from there, he now we see him at work. So so it cuts to him. He's at work, and his secretary is you know comes into his office just as he kind of walks in, and she's going over the day's events. Right. You know you have a meeting with so and so, such and such. Somebody you know, canceled. These people want to talk to you, and his response to most of that is, "Well, I'm not here." Right. Tell them all I'm not here. That's just it. Like if you think about it, in this movie, we really don't see him do any yeah. work. Like He's, whatsoever. He goes to this office. He he listens to listens his music. To, yeah, which well we'll get we'll talk about that when we get to yeah. that scene. And uh, he kind of does his little crosswords and stuff. Yep. But you never really see him in the movie doing any actual like work. Like his yeah. character is supposed to be in into mergers and acquisitions, right? But you on know, Wall other Street. than him on the phone pretending to talk to people at times, you don't really see him doing much yeah. merging and acquisitioning. Yeah, whatever that is. <laughs> I but, don't know. I'm sure whoever actually who has that real job could tell us, but yeah. I'm um, not really sure. <laughs> yeah, but basically whenever the secretary goes to leave, he tells her, like, Pretty much, I don't like the outfit that you're wearing. He's like, yeah, you know, you, I, you know, you, you need to be in like dresses or skirts, right? Uh, things like that. And she's a little put off by that at first. Well, who wouldn't be? I'd be, you know, put off by it too. Like, I'm <laughs> right? just here to work. Like, who gives a yeah. shit? Who are you to tell me how to dress? I mean, unless the company has a policy that right. I have to be in exactly like a dress or some sort of specific attire mm-hmm. who are you to tell me right. anything like that exactly I mean, for all you care i could walk in well don't do this but you could walk in wearing a plastic garbage bag and right. it would be but don't do that because that's, that's just it that's like not she business was appropriate right well she was like dressed appropriately it oh like yeah she, she was, was business inappro- yeah not business casual i mean she was definitely it was a business, business attire yeah yeah but anyway, and so she goes after that conversation, she goes to shut the door and he's like, oh, and I also want you wearing high heels. Yeah. You know, and then you kind of see her go down the hall. Yep. So. And uh, from there it cuts to um, Patrick and he's with his fiance. They're riding in the car together. Yep. And this is what I, I was about to mention something about this when you said music. Okay. So when the scene opens, you're hearing, um, what is that song? Oh, the Robert Palmer, Addicted to Love. Yeah, you're hearing Addicted to Love. By Robert Palmer. And 
he's the his inner monologue is coming back again. He's talking about how his fiance's getting on his nerves. Yeah, because she's, she's talk- talking to him a lot, but she's really just talking to him like a normal fiance would. Yeah, she's talking about, about the wedding, you know. Yeah, the wedding plans, which of course to me sound like a whole lot of stuff, but whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's kind of normal when you're, you know, yeah, that's true, engaged and stuff. I mean, we didn't make a whole lot of plans, though. Yeah. But we did talk a lot about different stuff. Right. But, yeah, and they're they're riding together, um, and they finally arrive at the restaurant, and it turns out they're meeting um, several, I guess, they're really kind of work friends, colleagues yeah. of theirs. Um, he's meeting um, one of his work colleagues, and he's saying that he's pretty certain that his fiance is having an affair yeah, with, with his friend, but that's okay because he's having he's, an affair yeah. with uh, this guy that he works with, uh, you know, girlfriend or whatever. Yeah, which turns out to be, I think, Evelyn's like best friend or something, yeah, right? It was, it was, yeah, yeah, Evelyn's best friend, uh, Courtney. Yeah, and we find out Courtney, yeah, she does a lot of different kinds of drugs yes. where she isn't. You know, like all there. Yes, I think um, he mentions that she's on something called lithium at that time, or something. yeah, something like that. And uh, and it, it's quite obvious because she's kind of you know she doesn't quite look and sound all there at that point. Um, but they're all just sitting around that table, and I can't remember the exact conversation, but it's more yuppie, mm-hmm. you know, talk, just kind of uh, blasting, you know, people that they know, people they work with, and. Um, Things like that. Um, and then we see from that scene, it kind of cuts to, I guess everybody has gone their separate ways and he's walking home by yeah. himself. And while he's walking home, this lady comes up behind him and they're stand, standing together at the same crosswalk. Yeah. And just as the they kind of you know look at each other and sort of exchange glances and stuff and... She's kind of looking down and around and feeling uneasy about him. Right. And just as the the crosswalk, you know, changes to walk, she hangs back a little bit and lets him walk a little bit ahead of her, mm-hmm. hoping he'll just keep on and going. Right. But then the scene kind of fades yeah. to black as they kind of both enter the intersection at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then the next scene, it opens up with Patrick is screaming at his dry yeah. cleaners. Yeah, like, and you know they're you know they don't speak English as a first language, so he's yelling at them, you know, showing them this huge, you know, red stain. Yeah, like you know, I need you to get this out, you know, today. Mm-hmm. You know, just going off on them. They're yeah, you know, I think they're basically yelling in their language, you know, that they can't, right? You know, because of how you know, it's, yeah, it's huge. And yeah. It's a- deep red stain it's i mean like, it's uh, it's blood well it's yeah that's what it's supposed blood. to be but it it appears um, like yeah it's just you know too much <laughs> you right. can't get that out right <laughs> and so you know he's you know angry and stuff and this woman uh comes in and she's like oh hi patrick and um you know he's you know we find out that he knows her yeah who was she that was like the only part really that she had. You didn't oh, see her in the movie. Yeah, I'd never really figured out who she was in yeah. this movie. But he's like he kinda hands it, you know, she kinda shows it to her and she asks, she's like, What is that? What well, is yeah, she's kinda looks a little disgusted and yeah. suspicious. And, he's and he like, covers it up. He's like, Oh, it's just cranberry juice. Yeah. And so he, you know, hands it kinda hands it to her. He's like, Hey, can, you know, can you talk to them and 
you know, explain to them that I need, right. you know, this taken care of. He's like, you know, I've got like a business lunch or whatever that, you know, I need mm-hmm. to go to in 15 minutes. And so, you know, she's talking to him. She's like, well, you know, we really need to get together sometime. And, you know, he's like, oh, he's like, well, what about next Saturday? And she's like, oh, great. He's like, I can't. I've got, you know, Les Miserables or something. Yeah. Was, you know, yeah, he he, comes he obviously doesn't want to get together with her. You no, know, no, so. he's he makes a hasty retreat out of there once yeah. he gets her to handle the yeah sheet fiasco exactly. And now from there, we cut to later, and we see Patrick is uh, talking to Courtney. Was it the lady? Yeah. He's talking to Courtney on the phone, and he's trying to convince her to come and meet him for dinner at this really fancy restaurant i guess it's called dorsa or dorsey yeah doris dorsey okay and uh she she doesn't want to she just wants to stay in and you know he's well she's high again well yeah yeah that's true (laughs) that's true yeah and uh so long story short um after he bashes her fiance a whole bunch and you know basically twists her arm into going um, she's, you know, she's gonna go. Yeah. And you know what is kind of weird about this scene is in the background. Yeah, he's watching, there's porn. <laughs> yeah, it's just playing in the background like some yeah. people would play music while they clean. Right. Or somebody who would maybe just, while they read a book, maybe they put on a cartoon or yeah. they put on some some movie. You know, it's just, it's on. It's like, that's a little bit odd. Yeah. Um. But he picks up, you know, he picks up his uh, book or whatever and finds the number for the restaurant and calls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he asks, you know, can I get a reservation for tonight at such and such time? And the guy just, like, laughs at him. <laughs> just yeah. sits there and laughs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, full, just just belly laughing, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he ends up of course not getting a reservation no 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 because when he picks her up for the restaurant um they're riding in the cab and she is way more high than she was before on the phone for sure like she can't even keep her head up or keep awake right and uh so they're riding in the cab sorry no you're good oh but when they arrive to this restaurant he apparently must have carried her in or something. I don't I know guess. because she passed out in the cab on his shoulder. Yeah, she like literally wakes up and she's like, "Oh, you know, are we here?" And he's yeah. like, "Yeah, we're here." You yeah. know. She's like, "Oh, is this Dorsa or Dors?" Um, and he's like, "Yep, sure is." But he's holding up the menu yeah, and it for, says Barclay. Yeah, or I don't know the name of the not restaurant. Barclay. Anyhow, it was a totally different name. Yeah. It started with a B, not and a D. he tells her exactly what she's going to order. Exactly. You know. Yeah, he, he's one of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that again sets the tone of, you know, kind of this, you know, he's of the, like a really arrogant elite sort of guy or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's like, you're going to have uh the this the that you know such and such magazine wrote about it and it was very playful and mm-hmm. elegant right you'll love it um and then after that you're gonna have such and such um that whole scene i don't really remember a lot of but i don't know there wasn't a whole lot to it really like yeah. it ended with her like slumping in her chair yeah. about to pass out again yep um 
And so it cuts to work the next day, and they're all talking about these this new account that was obtained by this Paul Allen guy. Right. Um, Who's and, kind of, he's kind of Bateman's nemesis. Exactly. They're, they're really like arch rivals in the business. Oh, well, because I think they do like the same thing. Yes. The mergers and acquisitions. Yes, they so. do. And it's like, you know, it keeps talking about how, you know, Paul Allen this, Paul Allen that, you know, he's... He thinks his apartment is better than mine, or, or his suits are better than mine, or whatever. And in walks this guy whose name is Marcus, and he's kind of like, he's he's trying to emulate Bateman. Yep. He's got the same haircut, same glasses. He even you know shops at the same same suits and stuff like that. Right. And so this Paul Allen guy calls Bateman Marcus all the time. Right. For I guess maybe that reason. I don't know, or maybe it's just a dig. Yeah, I can't, I don't know. I, yeah. Um, but the scene just kind of, it goes from all of them just kind of, you know, digging at each other, talking about the newest account, and mm-hmm. and and just kind of talking business. All of a sudden, they start, Bateman pulls out his business card. Right. And he, I think he was the first one, correct? He was. Okay. And he's, you know, talking about how, oh, you know, it's, you know, this color and this specific um, type yeah, or whatever. the font. And, yeah. You know, everybody's like, oh, well, that's really nice, but take a look at this. Right. And from there, I think... Um, well, it turns into a pissing contest, basically, on who has the better car. Yeah, it's a white collar uh, pissing contest, it basically. It is. So, <laughs> yeah. They're all, they're all measuring each other's cards. Mm-hmm. And... But the very final card that's revealed is Paul Allen's. Right. And his is, like, I guess the best card out of all of them. Because Patrick is all, like, sweating. Yeah, he's, like, sweating, and you hear his inner monologue deal, and he's like, oh, my gosh, I think I think that's even a watermark. Yeah. And this one dude who's sitting next to him, Louis, who's the fiancé of that Courtney girl. Right. You know, he's like, are you okay, man? You're, like, sweating really bad. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the scene cuts from there to um later that night and we see patrick walking home Mm -hmm. and he encounters a homeless man named al yeah and he's just sitting on the ground in the middle of this real dark nasty looking alleyway with his dog yeah with his little doggo and al is begging for food begging for money whatever people will give him right so bateman stops and you know he starts strikes up a conversation it's like oh hey He's asking him, do you want some food? Do you want some money? And Al is, you know, very appreciative. He's like, oh, yes, thank you, sir. You're very kind. And and it it is, just devolves very quickly. Yeah, from, well, so, go out and get a job then. Yeah, he just starts you know? berating him. He's yep. like, well, why don't you have a job? And Al says, well, I lost my job. Right. So Al then says, so what happened? Did you lose it? Were you drinking? Insider trading? What were you doing? Yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just messing with you, man. Um, and it looks like he's about to give him some money. But then he's like, you know what? I changed my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have anything in common. I don't really like you. This, that, and the other. Yeah. Um, and he almost walks away. But then he kneels back down. He sets his briefcase on the ground and pops it open. And Al is thinking like, oh, yeah, maybe he will give me yeah. money. Or maybe, you know, even like a job. Yeah, or, he's I don't changed know, his mind or something yeah. has happened. But instead, what Bateman does is he actually kills Al. Yeah, he pulls a knife out and gets real close and just, you yeah. know. Yeah. 
And then the most uncool part of this entire movie, <laughs> he kicks and kills the dog, which yes. not a fan. Yes. <laughs> All the people, meh. Zero. Doggos, yeah, no. exactly. Zero stars. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. And uh, so. Yeah. So he kills Al and the dog and yeah. then you see him walk off. And then, yeah, you see him walk away. And then you see it's the next day and Patrick... Bateman is getting his nails done, and this this lady doing his yeah. his facial and everything is giving him so many compliments. Like your skin is so soft, it's so smooth. What right. do you do? And he's just laying there soaking it up, and and then you see him in this tanning bed, and now his inner monologue is coming out again. Yeah, and it's talking about how his his desire for violence and. Is now starting to seep more into yeah. his day, you know, daytime life. Exactly. Like, yeah. he's finding it harder and harder to control it. Is you know, he says that his mask of sanity is slipping. Yep. Is what he says. And uh, now it cuts to a Christmas party. Yeah. He's going to this big Christmas party. Um, I'm guessing, I don't know if it's a company. We're yeah, not really told I'm not sure. What. who's throwing it. Yeah. But his fiance's there. With the And pig. all everybody else. Yeah, a little... Something pot belly pig, she yeah. says. And uh, all his work buddies are there, too. Right. And so um, his fiance is trying to get him in the Christmas spirit. She's got some mistletoe with her, and she's like, oh, you know, you're under the mistletoe. And, but he's in no mood oh, for no, not at all. any sort of... Um, Christmas cheer. Yeah. His, <laughs> his first question is, where's Paul? Yeah. You know, is Paul Allen here? He's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's, you know, over there, whatever. And... Uh, so he basically just make he makes a beeline for this Paul Allen well, dude. Well, he does acknowledge the pig, though. Well, yeah, he does acknowledge the pig. So, yeah, so she's holding this pig, and he's like, what is that? Yeah. And she goes on about how, oh, you know, it's a pot-bellied pig. Like a, I think she said, like, a Vietnamese pot-bellied pig. Yeah. And they're supposed to make for good pets or something. And she's holding it and, like, loving on it and stuff. Yeah. See, yeah. that's just it. Like, I don't know anything about, like, a Vietnamese pot-bellied pig. Yeah. But... From what I understand and what I've heard and we've seen on different like reality shows, people buy these potbelly pigs and mm-hmm. they think they're gonna stay that size. Right. Not all mm. the time no. is that the case. Sometimes right. they grow to be like huge. Huge real potbelly pigs. Yeah. And so you're stuck with this animal that weighs like five, eight hundred pounds or more. Right. But and so, you know, yeah, obviously he just he does not like the pig. I no. Guess. Not a fan. Zero stars for the pig. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then that's whenever he starts, you know, trying to figure out where Paul Allen is. And so, you know, people point out, like, oh, yeah, he's over there. So he makes a beeline for Paul Allen. And he immediately wants to try to set up a lunch or dinner date with this dude. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, Paul Allen is, he... He's about to leave because he calls across the room to some guy. And he's like, hey, you know, so-and-so, we're going to such-and-such, you know, and um, we got a limo out front waiting for us. And uh, But Bateman successfully gets a lunch deal with yeah. this dude. You know, he tells him, like, he tells him, hey, you know, you know, doors at, you know, such-and-such time. He's like, well, if you can get reservations, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, I can get reservations to it. Yeah. Um, and so 
Of course, he doesn't get reservations, though, to this, you know, fancy restaurant. Because the scene cuts to um, dinner with this Paul Allen guy. And they're at this restaurant. It's a a steakhouse called Texarkana. You know, everybody's kind of in the... um, They're in these... The, the the outfit that everyone has to wear, all your servers are in Western attire, and they're walking around with this big wooden plaque that has the menu written on it. And, uh, you know, they're asking, you know, oh, do you want to know the special of the day? And this Paul Allen guy is being a real jerk about it, and he's like, no, I just want, uh, I forget what he says. So then the waiter turns his attention to Bateman and asks him what he wants. Yeah. And so, you know, Bateman tells him, you know, such and such, and the waiter says, you know, would you like to hear the uh, the specials, the, the special of the day? And Bateman's response to that is, you know, would you like to keep your spleen? Yeah, nice. And it's like, well, that's, you know, a good response there, pal. He's just right? doing his job, man. Literally. I know that this restaurant isn't quite up to your yuppie standards, <laughs> but some people, like myself, might actually like to go to a little restaurant right. like that. right. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a little uh, Western-style steakhouse. True. Um, and so, anywho, so now we were talking over dinner, and well, Paul Allen is... Do what? Sorry. No, what? Oh, we're they're talking over dinner, and Paul Allen is talking to Bateman as if he is Marcus. Marcus yep. You know, and he's insulting Bateman well, to his face, but he's talking... Well, he was talking about Bateman's fiance and how she's got a nice ass. Yeah. And that, you know, yeah, you know, she's with that that one, you know, that one asshole, uh, Patrick Bateman. Yeah, he's such a loser, you yeah. know, such and such. And, you know, Bateman sitting across from him is just kind of, you know, with a weird little smile on his mm-hmm. face, laughing and agreeing and, and all that. Right. Um, And uh, from there, it, it cuts to... After dinner, we we see them both in Patrick's apartment. Yeah. And Patrick's got, you know, got the uh, radio going. Um, Well, there's newspapers all on the floor. And you can tell Paul Allen is, you know, drunk. Oh, yeah. He is is drunk off his rocker. And, uh, you know, before he puts on the radio, we... Basically, you know a murder is going to happen anytime Patrick Bateman goes to, you know, goes on and on about a, a particular singer. Right. Because this one is Huey, Huey Lewis, Lewis. Yeah. And the news. Yeah. So he, you know, goes over and he's asking, you know, so do you like Huey Lewis in the news? And, you know, Paul is kind of like, eh, you know, yeah, I guess, you know, and. He always goes into some like long ass history oh, about yes. whatever band or singer he's exactly. you know, talking about. Exactly. And in and, and the details of the song and how they apply socially mm-hmm. and and economically and politically and Right. Every every other way. Yeah. And so, you know, he puts on, you know, Hip to be Square by Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah. And he's talking about, you know, how, oh, yeah, you know, how much he loves this song. And you see him and he's, you know, putting, starting to put on a raincoat. Right. And, you know, Paul is just kind of sitting there with his back to him. And, you know, he's still talking about this song. And then you see him pick up an axe. Mm-hmm. And he yells at Paul, Paul. And Paul turns around and... 
And then that's whenever you see him, you know, take the axe and take a bunch of swings and blood, you know, of course, goes everywhere. Right. Some and it gets all over Bateman's face, but somehow not all over his uh, his uh, raincoat. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's that's a little odd. Yeah. I have to hand it to Christian Bale. Mm -hmm. I don't care for him, to be perfectly honest. He comes everything you hear about him in the news. When you know going off of going off on that um, um, stagehand guy right. uh, while they were filming Batman and, and other stuff, him assaulting what was that in the news? Was that his mother that he assaulted, or, or I don't who was know. that? I don't know what he, he just. But he comes off as a real, um, basically kind of a jerk in real life, kind of yeah. your stereotypical Hollywood elite guy, right? But I have to hand it to him for the performance because he. He he did a pretty good job of going from zero to a hundred yeah. with this manic stuff. Yep. Like all of a sudden, you know, one moment he's talking, and the next moment, like he's completely manic and mm-hmm. his movements are erratic and just you know, yeah, real hyper. Right. And that's kind of what you see here is you know he's dancing around the apartment and moonwalking yeah. and you know <laughs> walking around with his axe like it's you know like a prop or whatever like a cane. But yeah, like you said, so. Paul's so dead. now Paul is gone. Yep. And Patrick has got to clean up the mess. Mm-hmm. So we see Patrick is carrying, dragging this big, heavy bag. And there's a trail of blood behind it. And he's yeah. dragging it through his apartment complex, down the stairs, and in front of the the um, the front desk, yeah, where the security guard sits, right, and the security guard just like you know, it's just another night at the at the apartment complex. It's like, mm-hmm. oh hi, how are you doing there, sir? And just lets him keep walking on his way. Yeah, Patrick walks outside, you know, struggles a little bit with his bag and puts it in the trunk of this taxi cab. Yeah, but out of nowhere comes Lewis. Yeah, one of the other guys from work. And he's like, oh my gosh, where did you get that overnight bag? Yeah. (laughs) And Bateman says, you know, I forget what. Yeah, it was some label. It was some fancy label name. And he just hops in the cab and drives off. Mm -hmm. And he heads over to Paul's apartment. Mm -hmm. Because his thinking is, is, okay, I have to make it look like he went out of town. Yes. And so you see him and he goes into the apartment. And one of the first things he says is like, Man, it's like this part apartment is better than mine. It overlooks, you know, the park and right. all this other stuff. And that's one of the things that kind of shows how detached and how mm-hmm. jealous and yeah. narcissistic he is. The what has just happened, he's not giving it a second thought. No. All he can think of is this apartment really is better than mine. Right. You know, and he's all jealous and angry about that fact. Yeah. And you see him and at this point, you know, you see him uh, grab one of Paul's suitcases and he puts a suit in there and you see him, you know, grabbing like some undershirts and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, making it look like he, you know, left. And then he also changes um, the the uh, tape recording. Yeah. Um, you know, basically saying that he, you know, hey, this is Paul, you know, I'm, you know, have been called away to London for, you know, some time, you know, leave a message type thing. Exactly. You know, so he he thinks, you know, like he's covered his bases. Exactly. And uh, then we see the next day and uh, we see Patrick and he's a totally different Patrick. Mm-hmm. He's at work and he's listening to 
uh, this, you know, um, he's listening to music on his headphones. And it's not the typical, you know, it's not Huey Lewis in the news. Right. It's not anything else. It's, I forget what it is. Um, it was kind of like a love song. Yeah. And he's uh, interrupted by his secretary who walks in. And she's telling him that a detective wants to speak to him. Right. And so he's, you know, tells her, okay, well, you know, send her in. Send him in, I mean. Yeah. And so he's quickly, he picks up his phone real quick and he's talking on his cell phone. Yeah. His big, by the way, his cell phone is a brick. (laughs) It is. From back in the day. I remember one of my uncles actually had a phone like that. Nice. Um, It was kind of neat. Yeah. Anywho. So, yeah, he's he's pretending to talk to somebody about some business deal. And right. So the detective played by William Defoe, mm-hmm. Willem Defoe, I mean, yeah. sits down and just kind of patiently waits for him to get off the phone and then apologizes. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Right. I hope I didn't, you know, interrupt an important business deal. Right. You know, it's like, I understand how these things can be. And it's, oh, no, don't worry about it. It's just your typical business schmoozing and rumor spreading. You know, it's no big deal. So the detective just gets right back down to business. He's, you know, well, I'm here to speak to you about um, Paul Allen's disappearance. Yeah. And you see, you know, his Bateman's face is like, oh, you know, Paul Allen. Oh, okay. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. know he was he, he was gone. You know, right. I didn't see anything about it in the newspaper. And the detective says, well, we're trying to kind of keep it hush hush. Yeah. You know, this you is know, we're just trying to figure stuff out. Exactly. And. um I think it was about this time or or at some point in this scene, there's like some pornography sitting on top of Bateman's desk. I think so. And he like quickly, while the detective is looking away, he quickly grabs it and sweeps Sweeps it into a drawer and slams it shut. (laughs) Yeah. Or he uh, might have done that actually, I think, when the detective first came in. Now that you mention it, he did. Yeah. It was like, oh. Yeah. Sorry about that. I, I got that a little out of order there. That's fine. But so he's talking to Bateman. And, you know, he's offering uh, the detective a drink. The detective doesn't want one. He's trying to really butter him up. Yeah. To distract him from his investigation and, you know, make himself look, you know, real kind and, you know, keep himself out of the spotlight as a suspect. Right. And so the detective is talking to him. He wants to establish kind of, it's just preliminary investigation. Yeah. So. Where were you? Yeah. What were, you know, what were you doing? Yeah. How do you know Paul Allen? Right. You know, did you go to school together? How did you know him at school? All this, all this good stuff. Um, and the interview is pretty short and sweet and to the point. And uh, so then the investigator, the detective gets, the detective gets up and he's like, well, you know, thank you for your time. I apologize if I've, you know interrupted you and he's like you know if you um think of anything else you know about where you were what you're doing or any any other details good just you know give me a call yeah you know and they they exchange pleasantries and you know the detective goes on his way right then later that night um we see patrick and he's kind of trolling this really nasty looking neighborhood Mm -hmm. this industrial looking area and he's in in his limo yeah and he stops his limo, and there's a hooker standing there. Right. And he asks her, hey, you know, do you want to go back to my apartment? Yep. She looks around. She goes, I'm really not supposed to. 
Yeah. That's when he picks, he sticks some money out the window and he's right. like, do you want to go to my apartment? Mm-hmm. And so... She hops in. That entices her. Yeah. So she hops in and first thing he tells her is that, you know, your name is Christy. Yes. And my name is Paul Allen. Yep. And, you know, you're to answer to only Christy. Yep. And then he gets on his phone and orders yet another girl mm-hmm. from some other service. He's specific. He wants a blonde. Yes. Very specific. Very blonde. You know, he wants, yeah, a very blonde woman. Apparently his character, I guess, is really, like, blonde. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's it. Yeah. I guess that's the I only guess. type of women he's involved in or something. He, yeah, I don't know. But. Um, we go back to his apartment and the prostitute, you know, is in the tub or whatever. And he's remarking that, you know, um, about this uh, wine that she's drinking and how, you know, this is, it's a really, you know, um, yeah. good, good sort of wine. Oh, and, yeah. He's, he's just all full of facts. Yes. And, and then, he's instructing her, you know, clean yourself up real good. Put, and even telling her exactly how she should be placing herself in the tub while she's cleaning mm-hmm. up and all this. Yeah, he gets he gets really uh, specific and crude, so we'll... Yeah, we'll skip over that. Yeah, we'll skip that part. <laughs> but yeah, basically how you said it, but more crude. <laughs> yeah. And so at that point, there is a uh, knock at the door. Yeah. And, and he, so he, you know, is like, all right, well, get up, dry up, put a robe on, and meet me out in the living room. Right. And so now you see him at the door, and he opens up the door. Right. And she goes to tell her name, but he kind of cuts her off, and he's like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to call you Sabrina. Yeah. And then he's like, but you're not really a blonde. He's like, you're more of a uh, a, a darker blonde. Yeah, yeah. Because she, yeah, she wasn't really like a bright, bright blonde. Yeah, she, she was more of like blonde. a strawberry or a dirty yeah, type blonde Yeah, and that's what he said. You know, you're more of like a dirty or strawberry blonde. Yeah, and which... she's kind of giving a look like, okay. Why so? does that even matter? But yeah. apparently it matters greatly to him yeah. for some reason. Yep. But, um, and so he he escorts her into the living room and in walks the other girl, mm-hmm. quote unquote Christy. Yeah. <laughs> and they all sit down and he, um, you know, pours them both some champagne or wine or something. Yeah, wine. And, and again, he's talking about how amazing, you know, great this wine is. Yes. And he, this time he, I can't remember which song he puts on, but he puts on some song. Yeah, he puts on a Phil Collins song, and I yeah. don't remember That's which right. one it is. But he's talking about, you know, Phil Collins' history. I've loved him ever since, since Genesis. With Genesis. Yeah. And, you know, they're all kind of like looking at him like, okay. And so at that point he, you know, goes into the bedroom and mm-hmm. he, you know, kind of tells them, you know, both to come here or whatever. Yep. And this is when he pulls out a video camera. Yeah. And starts setting it up. Yep. And, you know, he tells Christy he wants her to put on this specific negligee type thing. Yeah. And he wants Sabrina to, you know, basically strip down and to dance. Right. And so she's, you know, dancing. It's like awkward looking Yeah, doing as hell. the awkward, you know, <laughs> dancing. Yeah. And, uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm, I, that was it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And this is when he starts to get, you know, again, very demanding and instructional. And graphic, he tells, yeah. Yeah, he tells Christy yeah. to do a certain pose, and he tells Sabrina to do certain acts and stuff like that mm-hmm. start taking place, and he's videotaping everything. Yeah. And this this the scene then kind of 
goes from there to show a bunch of clips. Of sex, of, you know, of them you know, having sex, and, all three of them together. But the whole time they're doing this scene, he's looking, he's at, looking himself. at himself. Yes. He's got a yep. mirror in there, like a full-length mirror. I yep. guess it's on the wall, so and he's flexing and posing. He's flexing and posing while, yeah, having yeah, sex. <laughs> exactly. And then F, then it's all finished up, and it's you see them all three laying in the bed together. Right. And Christy accidentally, I think she was asleep, but she accidentally, like, touches his watch. And he's yeah. like, you know, get off my watch. Yeah. Pretty much. Don't touch the watch. Don't touch the watch. And he gets up from the bed, and then he goes into a... Uh, I don't know if it was another room, but he goes yeah. to a drawer, and you hear one of the girls say, "Can we go now?" Yeah, I think it was and he's Serena. like, "No, not yet." And yep. he's holding like a coat hanger and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, you don't. They don't show anything, but then it fades, and now they're showing the girls leaving. Mm-hmm. One girl has a bloody nose. She's yeah. got scratches on her arms and chest. The yep. other girl is like, they're both visibly shaking and right. scratched up and bloodied. Yep. And the one one girl's like, she just snags because he's handing them cash as mm-hmm. they leave. The one chick snags the cash and runs out the door. Yeah, yeah. From there, it um, cuts to uh, Patrick at some lunch deal. They're, every time it shows him with his friends, they're either at work or at lunch together. Yeah. Or at some club or whatever. Man, I wish this I, time, dude, I wish I could afford to go out to lunch that often. Right? And at the places they're going <laughs> yeah. to. Like this time, okay, so at the place they're at this time, it looks like this really nice um like a bar. There's even this big seating area which is where they're in. Yeah. And they're smoking cigars, you know, talking and drinking mm-hmm. and having fun and laughing and whatnot. It just, yeah, it, it's got to be an expensive lifestyle. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so, like I said, they're just, you know, doing their thing. And uh, they're all kind of talking about their ideas on the perfect woman, basically. Yeah. And they're all, like, super messed up. They're like, well, you know. Well, one of them wasn't too bad where he was talking about how, um, can't remember which guy it was, but he was talking about how like a personality can actually outweigh if the woman isn't. I did. I missed super that. Attractive. Yeah. So, you know that was, but obviously Bateman, you know, yeah, thinks the complete opposite. I missed that because <laughs> Bateman's response to that was, you know, well, yeah, of course they have to uh, overcompensate because if they're ugly and blah blah blah, right? And uh, so while they're having their nice little talk together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in walks Lewis. Yep. And he's making the mistake that Paul Allen made. Mm-hmm. He's got a new business card. Yeah. It's really nice looking too, I guess. I don't know, because <laughs> Bateman hates it. Yeah. So he shows the card, and, and, and Bateman looks at it, and he gets up, and this is something he says throughout the movie, and I, I kind of notice it because it's sort of... It's something he says, like the like the music thing. Mm-hmm. Whenever he says, "I've got to return some videotapes," yeah. something else follows. Right. Like he's there's something going on in his head. It's like there's something triggered, and he's yep. angry now. Yep. So he gets up. Lewis is walking away to the bathroom, mm-hmm. and Bateman gets up, and you know they're all giving him crap. You know, oh, just calm down, man. You know, don't worry about it. Trying to calm him down from the card fiasco. Yeah. 
And he's like, excuse me, I've got to return some videotapes. Right. He gets up and follows Lewis into the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And he's got gloves on and he puts his hands around Lewis's neck. Yeah, and Lewis turns around. Yeah, but Lewis... Thankfully, Lewis is clueless. Yeah. Because this might be what saved him. He turns around and he thinks Bateman is coming on to him. Right. And so, you know, you know, Lewis is like, oh, not here, not now. You know, there's all kinds of people around here. And um, he's like, you know, and I didn't realize you even felt the same way. I always see you looking at me and yeah. all this. <laughs> and you see Bateman is just totally thrown off. Yeah. he He's, you know kind of takes his hands off of him and he runs over to the sink and he's washing his gloves. Yeah. He's washing his gloved hands in the sink while Lewis is talking to him, pleading for him to like, you know, come back, talk to me, let's talk this out, what are you doing? And Lewis's response to him is, excuse me, I have to return some videotapes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So... You know, you see Bateman leaving out of the restaurant and the other friends are like, you know, what's going on? Where are you going? And then you hear Lewis in the background. He's like, you know, hey, you know, Bateman. And he does the whole call me thing oh, with yeah. his uh, hand <laughs> and stuff. And yeah. now it's call me. <laughs> so, yeah, being kind of clueless, I think that sort of saved that dude. And after that, now we cut to um, at the office and we see Bateman there. And we see the detective has arrived yet again. and But this time he's got more questions for yeah. Bateman. And they're more um, kind of intrusive. They're not mm -hmm. intrusive. What am I trying to say here? They're more... Um, they're kind of more of the type of the questions you'd probably ask somebody who might be a suspect. Yeah, for sure. Like, when detectives are doing their investigations, they will talk to people multiple times. Right. You know, they, they might show up to somebody, even if they're not a suspect, and want to talk to them, like, three or four times. So they make sure they get their facts and stuff straight. Yeah. But the way he's talking to Bateman right now almost comes off like he's he's questioning him like he's looking at him very closely yeah he's trying to nail down his alibi for the night of paul allen's disappearance yeah he's like uh, you know where where were you the night paul allen disappeared and he said something like at um uh i forget what the play was he said oh, something about um, les miserables i think or it was les miserables or it was uh he made up it doesn't matter it, it was made up yeah. it, it wasn't true and the detective is, says, well, that's not what, um, that's not what Paul Allen's girlfriend said. Yeah. And, you know, C.J. Bateman got all flustered and frustrated and like, oh, well, uh, no, you know, you're right. I was, um, uh, well, what did Paul Allen's girlfriend say? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> why would I tell you that? Yeah, right. So you can get your story straight? No. Right. You tell me where you were. Yep. So they kind of go back and forth like this, trying to figure out where he was and the detective is like you know what tell you what why don't you think about where you were that night and we'll you know next week we'll get together for lunch and i'll get all of my stuff together and we'll just discuss it all and uh and the detective is digging through his his uh briefcase and then he pops up with this huey lewis and the news cd their latest release yeah it's like have you listened to this and Bateman's face and his response is, no, no, I, I, yeah. I don't, I'm I don't not, like. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah. And uh, the detective's like, well, you, you don't like music? 
And he said, well, I, I like music. I just, Huey Lewis and the News, I they're a little too such and such for me. I forget yeah. he threw out some word out there. Um, and so the detective is like, okay, well, you know, he gets up, puts his CD back up, and he's like, all right, well, you know, I'll see you next week for lunch. And, uh, and there's like, it's a date. And so now later we see, um, I don't really understand why they put this scene in there because <laughs> the dialogue didn't, to me, didn't have much to do with anything in this movie. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I missed something. But we see Bateman is with Lewis's fiance, Courtney, mm-hmm. and they're, you know, having sex and doing, doing their thing. And um, after that's all done... They're just kind of talking while he's getting dressed and getting ready to leave. And she tells him, well, if I don't see you um, before Easter, you know, have a happy Easter. Yeah. And that, that's just, I don't know. I'm sure that scene was in there for a reason with the dialogue. Right. But I maybe I missed something because I, I couldn't quite figure it out. Yeah. Um, this movie is very kind of it's it's a psychological thriller. It is. Yeah. It's one of those films that you got to pay attention to everything that's mm-hmm. said and done. Yep. To make it all make sense. Um, and so now we now we're at yet another club. So it cuts to Bateman with um a his bunch friends. a couple of his other friends and they're at this eighties dance yeah. club again right and they're partying they're having a good time and this is where we see them going into the bathroom together yes and it's kind of funny because it's like they're not the only ones doing this where they oh no it's go a in. long line yeah it's a long line of people go you know going in together you know into stalls so that they can do coke oh yeah yeah it's yeah. like set up just for that <laughs> yeah like i don't think there's even a toilet in there probably not and so that's just it so him and and one of his guy friends they go in there they start doing coke and um the guy in the stall next to him yells at him to you know keep you know yeah, hey to, keep quiet i'm trying to do drugs in here yeah <laughs> which sends the one friend actually surprisingly not bateman and sends the yeah. one friend over like telling him to you know shut the fuck up and, yeah be quiet you know you you uh, we're trying to do drugs too and blah 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 yeah. and bateman's like trying to calm down like yeah. just just shut up and do your coke or whatever he's saying and, yeah and uh, then the other friend is complaining that it's weak coke or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is just sweetener. I didn't, if I wanted something to put on my bagel, I would have blah, yeah. blah, blah. And, and he talks about how, well, you know, if we do enough of it, yeah. is what Bateman basically says. Yeah. It's like, yeah, if we, if we, you know, snort enough of it. Yeah, exactly. And then we see him with the guys again. But this time they're surrounded, you know, they're with some girls that are supposed to be models. Yes. And they're all blonde. I yeah. Noticed. They are all blonde. And I think he tells one of them, you know, hey, ask me a question. Yeah, ask me what I do. Or no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he said, ask, ask me, a, me question. a question. And she asks, well, what do you do? And he says, well, he's like, I do acquisitions and, you know, mergers that I think it's Price and Price or something is the name of the firm. I think, didn't he actually say I do um, murders and executions? Yeah, something like that. But what she responded to was mergers and acquisitions. Right. It's and yet another one of those things where he says something, one and thing, and they respond like it never was even said. Right. Like, they didn't hear that part, but they, in their head, it's like they just think that he said mergers and yeah. acquisitions. Because you wouldn't expect somebody to say 
murders and executions. Well, yeah, you know? I mean, that's so, just not something in the normal. Right. <laughs> so anyway, and so she asks, like, you know, if, if he likes doing that. And he, you know, he mentions, like, oh, yeah, you know, I love it. And she's like, oh, she's like, well, because normally the guys that I know that, that do that kind of job actually hate it. Right. And he kind of gets a look on his face. Right. And, you know, you see him outside of the club and she, you know, she, you know, tells him, she's like, you probably think that I'm just some stupid, you know, model. Yeah. And he, of course, is like, oh, you know, no, I don't think that at all. Yeah. 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 It's like, oh, no, no, of course I don't. They're both, they're both high. They're both Mm -hmm. drunk. And at that point, a car pulls up. The scene, the scene cuts from there. Yeah. Um, and you're left to kind of believe that I guess they went home together because and the he, next scene. Yep. Yeah. He's at his office and he's playing with a lock of blonde hair. Right. He's just kind of running his hands, his fingers across it and, you know, rubbing it on his temple and stuff. Yeah. And then this is whenever his secretary, Jean, comes in. Yeah. And, you know, right before she comes in, he, you know, quickly right. you know, puts, puts it away. Right. Puts it in his pocket and stuff and then grabs a pen like he was playing yeah. with that all along. Right. And, you know, again, she talks about, like, you know, his meetings and, and stuff for the day. Mm-hmm. And he surprises her and, you know, asks, like, you know, if you don't have any plans, would you like to accompany me to dinner? Yeah. And, of course, she's looking around, like, shocked because it's like, you know, what? Um, which, if my boss asked me that, even if I were single, I'd be like, no, I don't want, right? I don't want to go out to dinner with right? you. Right, exactly. Um, like I don't think that's an appropriate question, right. so no thank you. <laughs> but she's into it, and he tells her, he's like, any place that you want to go. Right. You know, I'll set it up. Exactly. And so, of course, what restaurant does oh, she yeah. want to go to? The most popular one in New York, apparently. Apparently, Dorcia. Yeah. And so she's like, you know, but she's like, you know, if you can't get, you know, reservations there, she's like, you know, really anywhere, you know, with you is fine. You right. Know? Um, so he calls up Dorcia and he's like, you know, talking about, you know, I need a reservation for tonight at such and such time. And on the other side, you hear, well, we're booked. Yeah. And he just keeps going and says, you know, oh, you know, okay, yeah, that's great. And the guy's like, sir, we don't have any reservations. Yeah, I don't think you're understanding me, sir. <laughs> yeah. And then he hangs up. And the first thing the secretary says is, well, you didn't give a name. Yeah. He's like, oh, well, they know me. They know me. Like, and he's like, you know, why don't you come over for drinks like around seven mm-hmm. is what he says. And then he, he tells her, he's like, you know, before we go out, you're going to want to change clothes. Exactly. Again, he's got a problem with her dress. Well, what she I get though. Well, like if you're, if you're go going to a fine restaurant, yeah, you do want to be dressed a little more right, elegantly. Right. But anyway, so, you know, of course now she's excited. She's got, you know, these dinner plans with right. them and stuff. Cuz so. like through this whole movie, you sort of see this little um it's like not tension. What am I trying to say? She, she's got a crush on yeah, him. Yeah, she does. And uh so she's, you know, excited like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I'm finally going to go out with my boss." You know, I've wanted to go out with him or whatever basically. Right. And uh, so it cuts to uh, them at the apartment together, and she's yeah, she's sure enough, she's her hair's she's done, and makeup's and, done, yeah. she's wearing a nice looking dress and everything. And he offers her some sorbet, and mm-hmm. he opens up the freezer, and you see a head in there, right? Um, but obviously she doesn't. She doesn't she's in see the living it. room, right? And so he, you know, gives it to her, and you know she 
starts eating it and she offers him some, of course. And he's like, oh, no, you know, I'm on a diet. And he's and she's like, why? You don't need to, you know, lose any weight. Right. Which which is kind of funny. It's like, well, if you're on a diet, why do you even have the sorbet in true. your freezer to begin with? I That's mean, true. <laughs> I'm sure it's not something, you know, um, they were really wanting you to think about for the movie or anything. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> and from there, he's she's sitting on the couch enjoying her sorbet. You know, she's like, oh, this is good. And he's making his rounds through the kitchen, opening various drawers and cupboards and cabinets where he keeps his various tools in. Yeah. And the whole time he's doing this, he's talking to her. He's asking her questions about her life, her aspirations, mm-hmm. her love life. You, I kind of get the feeling from the scene he's asking her these questions because he's trying to find a reason to not do what he wants to do. Yeah. Like he's fighting it, basically. Yeah. But he, you know, he grabs this duct tape at one point and puts it back. Well, but she asks, she's like, well, what's that for? He's like, oh, you know, I, just, I need I need to tape something. Yeah, I just need to tape something. Yeah. Well, you can get tape something later. What yeah, do you need right? it for now? Right. But eventually he lands on this pneumatic, you know, electric, not pneumatic, um, because that would have required an air compressor. It was probably an electric <laughs> battery powered. Okay. He lands on this nail gun. Yeah. And, you know, he's, you know, standing behind her with it and got it pointed at her and everything. And she's none the wiser. And uh, she's talking to him, asking him what he wants out of life. You know, does he want to make people happy? You know, make like a significant other happy. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, oh, I just want, I forget what his response was. I just, I just want everything out of life or something like that. I think that uh, this is when the phone rings. Yep, the phone rings just before he's going to do that. Yep. And it's his fiance. Right. She's calling to remind him that they have dinner plans and that his secretary will remind him of those dinner plans. Right. And she's also saying, I hope you don't have somebody in the apartment with you because Mm -hmm. I love you and blah, blah, blah. And this is, he kind of lowers the nail gun and... You actually hear a clunk yeah. on the floor when he sets it down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I know it's a movie and it's a script and everything, but it's like, I would have expected to see her head whip around and yeah. go, what the heck was that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then make a beeline for the door. And but, this is where, well, and she asks like, oh, you know, are you are you uh, still with Evelyn? Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh, she's like, I guess I shouldn't ask that. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. And then at that point, you know, she basically is like, okay, I need to go. Yeah, it <laughs> is, it's a really long, drawn-out scene like that. Yeah. He's sitting down on the chair, and she's hemming and hawing. She wants him to tell her to go. Yeah. Because I guess she doesn't want to, but she can mm-hmm. tell that she should go. Right. Um, not for the reason that she really should be going. She thinks right. it's because it's awkward and everything. Yeah. But he's telling her, look, you need to leave because I'm afraid if you don't leave, I can't control myself and I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. And she says, yes, you're right. I don't want to be bruised and I should leave. And she is probably thinking, like, not that he would physically hurt her, but emotionally Emotionally hurt her. Like, you know, they would have this one night together and then he would just dump her. And then it would just be awkward. Yeah. You know, exactly. Yeah. Um... But, so she gets up, she decides that, you know, she will leave like he asked her to, and um, 
on the way out, she kind of just makes in passing, like, oh, don't forget you have that lunch date with yeah. that detective. Right. And so the scene fades and then opens again, and we see Bateman and the detective, and they're sitting together in this kind of nicer-looking restaurant, as always. Yeah. And they're going over Patrick's alibi. Mm-hmm. Um, and Patrick is having real trouble remembering what his alibi should be. And the detective, eventually the detective finally says, Paul Allen, while Paul Allen was away, that Marcus and -and so-and-so were at, you know, dinner with you. And then you see, you know, Bateman's face. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right, I... I forgot. Yes, I was doing that that night. Mm-hmm. And that would explain, I remember now, Paul Allen couldn't make it. So we were all just together, all alone, basically. Then the detective kind of looks at him and, and just, he says to Bateman, he's like, you know what? I'm starting to think more and more now that maybe Paul Allen really did just want to disappear. Maybe he's just gone and he doesn't want to be found. He, he says something to the effect of, it's really funny how sometimes people can just disappear. And Bateman's response to that is, you know, yeah, it's almost as if the earth just swallows them up. Right. The detective looks at Bateman with this look on his face, and he says it would be insane for one of his friends to just kill him for no reason, wouldn't it? <laughs> and he just kind of keeps looking at him with that grin. And you see... Bateman's face is kind of, um, he, he's he's kind of thinking about that one. Maybe his character's like, oh my gosh, I hope he's not on to me or, right. or suspecting me still. Right. But it cuts from that scene to later that night. I guess he's got to return some videotapes because he's prowling the streets again. <laughs> yeah. He's in his limo and he's going to where that same... Hooker was who he named Christine. No, Christy. Christy, I'm sorry. And he's going to pick her up and she's, he she's rolls the window down. It. She's like, no, like last time. I had to go to emergency yeah, after exactly. last time. She's like, I might have to have some surgeries too. Mm-hmm. Which is like, yikes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But he, she's walking. No, I'm sorry. He gets her in his car, but she's just kind of sitting halfway in. Mm -hmm. She's not fully committed. Right. And he's like, I tell you what, let me just give you a check, you know, Mm -hmm. because she mentioned about lawyers. Yeah. And he's like, lawyers are so complicated. Let me write you a check. And he writes her a check for some unknown amount. Right. And she snags it and hops back out of the car and she's starting to walk away. Yep. But the car's following her. And this time he flashes some money oh, like out the window. Oh, like a bunch of money out the window. And then this is when she was like, you know, I might have to have surgery. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And so, but yeah, he, you know, flashes the money and stuff and she reluctantly, you know, gets in the car. Dummy. Yeah. Because he promised it wouldn't be like the last time. Yeah, that's what he He's like, it her. won't be anything like the last time, I promise. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to have my friend Elizabeth come over. Yeah. Um, You know, and yeah, like he kept saying over and over. Exactly. You know, it's not going to be like the last time. Exactly. And then we see them at the apartment 
And this time, though, it's actually Paul Allen's apartment. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. It is Paul Allen's apartment. Because she even says, she's like, this apartment's nicer than your other, than your last apartment. Yeah. And he's like, well, it's not that much nicer. Yeah. You know? Um, And actually, before she says that, he's kind of making some small talk and he's cracking open these pills Mm -hmm. and he's dumping them into the wine. Well, because his friend Elizabeth is there. Yeah. Exactly. He's like lacing the wine with something mm-hmm. and he pours the wine for both of the girls. Right. And, uh, you know, she says, oh, this apartment's nicer than your last one. And uh, then he sits down and he's sitting down next to his friend Liz. And he's like, you know, rubbing her leg. And, and it's he's really kind of hinting that he wants them both, you yeah. know, to go to bed together and for them to both have, you know. Well... And she ends up calling, I think, her drug dealer, Liz does. Yeah, she does. And she leaves this message, you know, about how, you know, where are you? You know, get back with me. I need, you know, whatever. Yeah, I need, I need your services. Take mm-hmm. that as you will. Yep. And he keeps telling, Bateman keeps telling Liz, don't tell him where you are. Don't tell him where you are. Yeah. But finally, you know, she's like, well, you know, I have to tell him something. He says, fine, you're at Paul Allen's. Yeah. And she goes, all right, well, I'm at Paul Norman's or something <laughs> yeah. like that. And and <laughs> she just get here as quick as you can and hangs right. out. And this is when it kind of devolves into like some some small talks. He's like, you know, so who? What, what was the name of that guy that disappeared from your firm? And he's like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I didn't know him. She's like, he wasn't a friend of yours? He's like, no. Yeah. And uh, they they just kind of keep making some small talk about that stuff. Well, and at one point, and Liz even says, like, man, you know, this wine tastes kind of weird. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. She does. And uh, that's when he starts kind of laying on thick. He's like, you know, oh, so you've never been with a girl or whatever. And she's like, no, of course not. I'm not gay or whatever. I'm not and, lesbian. And yeah. he's like... And she's like, well, what would make you think that I'd want to be with a girl? And he was like, well, you you went to Sarah Lawrence, didn't you? And she's like, well, yeah, but, you know, I was with guys. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And um, she she kind of like, she's like, you're kind of creeping me out, man. You know, mm-hmm. why, why are you, you know, would you stop talking like this? Yeah. And the scene sort of, I think at this point, the scene just kind of fades and then you see goes to both of the girls they're both high and drunk now right and christy's on top of her you know feeling you know yeah that kind of stuff and of course bateman is sitting there watching it and loving it talking about whitney houston's songs and stuff yeah um and uh the girls are then they kind of stop and they look over and they start giving them crap for yeah for liking listening yeah yeah for liking uh whitney houston yeah and he's you know kind of like well what's wrong with that basically yeah (laughs) this is where we see i think at this point now they're in the bedroom and you know they're having sex oh yeah yeah and uh Christy actually kind of sneaks out of the bed while he's with Liz. Yeah, because the sheets are like pulled over Liz and him. Mm-hmm. And all you see are sheets moving around and right. noises and stuff. And, and Christy's so she, like trying to get out. Yeah, she's trying to get out. And you, at one point, Christy turns around and looks and all you see is blood all over the sheets. And you can actually see Bateman holding Liz's mouth and, like, stabbing her. Right. And at that point, Christy takes off. Right. Um, you know, so you see her running. And, of course, she doesn't know her way around the apartment. Um, at one point, 
I think she opens up like a closet or something. Right, and there's like, you know, some there's plastic two... bag with a couple of girls in them yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and of course, so she screams and, uh, you know, just a lot of running and everything. And she's wearing like this negligee type thing. Yeah. And, you know, you see her, um, you know, like running down the hallway of the apartment uh, complex. Right. And Jason Bateman, or Jason, (laughs) (laughs) wrong Bateman. Wrong Bateman, yes. Patrick Bateman, you see him, he's naked, covered in blood from, you know, killing Liz. And he's got a chainsaw, like full rev, Mm -hmm. full rev on a chainsaw, like it's like loud. Yeah, and he's chasing after Christy. Christy ends up making it out of like an exit or whatever. And she's running, going down the stairs as fast as she possibly can. And you see him with the chainsaw and he's watching and he's waiting and finally, he just, he drops the chainsaw and he timed it apparently correctly. Uh, and it basically slices her kind of in the stomach and kills her. Yeah. And, you know, he's, you know, like bingo or whatever, like yeah. screaming and it's all silent and stuff. Yeah. And you can see like the pool of blood around her. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it cuts after that to see Patrick Bateman is at lunch with his fiance. Yeah. And he's actually like, he's coloring... On the little paper tablecloth, I guess it's paper. I don't know. I don't know. But he's coloring on it, and he's you know it's it's, it's a, depicting what happened to the night before. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And while he's doing that, she won't shut up about the wedding, and yeah. she tells him she's like, "I want a commitment." Exactly. You know, because she yeah she's the only one, of course, talking about the wedding. He hasn't said anything right about it. He just keeps telling her to shut up. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Exactly. <laughs> But this is where he tells her, he's like, you know what? He's like, I'm, you know, I'm not feeling this anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Um, he know. wants he wants it over with. And yep. then you hear a little inner monologue with him at the same time saying that, you know, such and such, the urges are getting stronger. Yeah. I need to be free of, you know, this anchor, basically, so right. I can do what I want to do. Right. Without having to worry about her. Yep. And she's crying at the table because, well, he's breaking up with her. They well, were engaged to be married. And her <laughs> crying, though, is making a scene. Now everybody's staring at them. Right. And know? he's like, would you, you know, just stop it. You're making a scene. It's yeah. Like, you know, just sit here, pull yourself together, self-reflect. I'm gone. Yeah. And he walks out of the restaurant. Yep. And she's left at the table just kind of like doing the whole, you know, covering the side of her face thing, like, you know, embarrassed and hoping nobody noticed too badly. Yeah. And so now we see him, he's walking the streets that night, later that night, and he's at an ATM, and he's trying to get some money out, mm-hmm. and he looks down at the ground, and there's this cat walking around, and there's he looks a back kitten, at the ATM. And it says, feed feed me stray cat, is what it says on the ATM yeah, uh, yeah. screen. So he picks up the cat, and he's trying to shove the cat into the slot where the money would come out of. Right, and this la- this older lady is like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. And he shoots her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kills her. 
Right, and right about then, this the cop car comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And he, like, starts to hightail it the opposite direction. Which, can I just say I'm glad the kitten didn't die? <laughs> I mean, they killed the dog earlier. You gotta, you know. Yes, gotta redeem yourself. Exactly. Yes, that's that's the important. It is. <laughs> so, but anyway, so yeah, the cop car shows up, and so he takes off, and, you know, he's trying to outrun the cops. Um... But the cops end up catching up with him. Right. They end up catching up with him in like this alley. And this gun battle ensues. He has he has a pistol on him. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing nothing super, you know, powerful or whatever. So, yeah. And he, he's shooting at the cops in the cars. Right. And at one point, the cars actually explode. Yes. Which both he, of them. Both of them. And he actually looks at the pistol like, He's the like, hell? what the heck? Yeah. And he kind of has this weird, you know, puzzled look on his face. Yep. But he, you know, he puts the pistol away and he, he continues walking. And I think he ends up at the apartment building. Um. Yes, he ends up at, an, at the apartment building. And this time and he's told, oh, you know, Mr. Smith. You yeah, need you to, have to sign you in. You have to sign in. And he just pulls the gun out and just blows the guy away. Just right. shoots him right in the head. Right. And then he ends up also shooting the janitor as well. Yeah, like what the janitor did. Like this well, whole scene is anything. so completely well disjointed it's, and chaotic. Well, it's supposed to be exactly. Yeah. It's, it's it's supposed to be his like. Well, he's pretty much already descended in the madness, but like yeah. his ultimate like. Yeah. He is going mad. So after the apartment, though, we see him showing up at Price and Price mm-hmm. at you know work. Um, all the same night. Right. And again, he's told to sign in, but this time he actually does sign in. He does in. actually sign in. He's all like, his hair's all crazy, yeah. his eyes are wild, but he pulls his pin out and signs in and goes and, to the elevator. Right. And he goes into his office, and at this point you see a helicopter like right outside the window. Mm-hmm. And so he's, you know, he's ducking behind the desk and he grabs the phone and he calls his lawyer. And he leaves this rambling message. Yes, he confesses to everything. I think he said like well, 20 murders. He actually confesses to more than what yeah, the than movie what we actually saw. shows. Right. And he he's like he even says that he's the one that killed Paul Allen. Paul Allen's dead. Yeah. And this, you know, and he's like, he's like, this is just crazy. I need you. He's like, I'll see you at, you know, such and such bar tomorrow. Yep. And hangs up. Yep. And uh, so then it cuts to the next morning, and we see that Bateman is going to Paul Allen's apartment to clean up. Yeah. He's putting on this mask, and he's got his little briefcase with him, and Mm -hmm. he walks in. But as soon as he walks in, everything is completely... It's The walls are bare. Everything's bare. There's no furniture. There's nothing. And this... Yes. Yeah, this older woman approaches and she's like, oh, you know, are you my two o'clock? Yeah, and he's like, no. He's like, no. And so, of course, that's freaking him out, too, because it's like, what the hell? Where? Yeah. There, you know, where, where's all the stuff? Where's the bodies? Yeah. Where, you know, exactly. what's going on? He's like, I'm, I'm here to see a friend, Paul Allen. This isn't his apartment, is it? And she's like, there's no Paul Allen that's lived here. No Paul Allen lives here. Yeah. And uh, then she kind of, she baits him and asks a question. She said, so did you see my ad in the Times? And then he said, yeah, yeah, I, I saw your ad. And her response to that was, there was no ad in the Times. Yeah. 
and huh. she steps aside and she says, "You need to leave like yep. now. Yep. You know, we don't want any trouble. You need to go." Yep. And he actually complies. Yeah. Like whereas normally this sort of thing would send him into a rage. <laughs> right. He gets really sheepish. He gets really kind of like um, he's really apologetic. Mm-hmm. And she tells him, "Don't come back." And yep. he's like, "Don't worry, ma'am. I won't come back." Right. And he walks out of the apartment. Yep. And so he leaves. He walks out and he goes to a payphone. And he calls his secretary, and he is like, oh, he's, he's freaking out, ventilating, and she's he's trying to choking. figure out. He can't like catch his breath, right? And she keeps asking, like Patrick, you know, what's wrong? Yeah, you know, and he he's just yeah, so flustered and stuff, and you know, he ends up hanging up on her. Yeah, he starts first. He's freaking out, and then he's getting angry. Yeah, he starts calling. He calls her B word, you know, and he's <laughs> he's B word. You know it. <laughs> And he he just insults her and hangs up on her. Yeah. And this makes her kind of curious. She yeah. gets up and she knows that there's this this planner that he always mm-hmm. keeps but nobody else can look at, basically. Right. So she goes to his desk and she picks it up out of his desk and opens it. And you only see one page. At first. At first. Yeah. And it's there's nothing on that first page that says it's a planner yeah it's like i think there's like a drawing on that mm-hmm. one page and it's a little kind of um and then it cuts to him he's walking down the streets and he's going to the bar where all of his friends and the lawyers right be. right and he stops and he like looks in there his reflection in the window and he sees he's disheveled and his hair's a mm-hmm. mess so he's like wiping his face with his sleeve to get the grease and the shine off and he's trying to get his hair back in place and he steps in and he's just a mess his friends automatically comment man you you look wild-eyed and crazy basically you know what happened to you yeah and uh he just goes back into manic mode Mm -hmm. and you know he's doing like finger guns and being all crazy and goofy with his friends and um then he sees his lawyer across the room he walks up to his lawyer, and he tells him, he's like, did you get my message last night? And his lawyer says, oh, yeah, that was that was hilarious, man. That, yeah. was, <laughs> that was a great joke. And Patrick Bateman's like, that wasn't a joke. Like, all this stuff really happened, yeah. and Paul Allen is dead. And he's like, don't be crazy. He's like, you know, Paul, Bateman is such a sniveling little, you know, Weasel, I don't, I can't see him doing anything like that, Marcus. Yeah. And so he calls him Marcus. Yeah. And Bateman's like, no, I'm Patrick Bateman. <coughs> and I killed Paul Allen. He's yeah. dead. I cut him up and I threw him in the river. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, this, you know, I killed these hookers and all this happened. And you see the lawyer's face has gone from laughing to about it being a joke. And he's like, you know, serious, yes. And he's like, I don't think that's funny. Yeah, that's not funny. This has gone from being funny. This isn't a joke. And Bateman's like, it was never a joke. And then the lawyer responds like, it's impossible. Paul Allen can't be dead because I had dinner with him twice. Yeah. The first time 10 days ago yep. in London. Yep. 
and then you see Bateman's face just like mm-hmm. like like a ghost, basically. Meanwhile, we flash back. I re- I think real quick to the office mm-hmm. with the secretary, and she's you know got the planner. Yep. And now she sees like, oh shit, yeah, he's he's there's something wrong. Oh, he's definitely crazy because insanely graphic. All kinds, yeah, all kinds of graphic, you know, drawings of mostly dead women. Right. Um, and most of them you recognize and, from the yeah. scenes. In the film of right. things that happened and stuff right and so it just kind of shows her and then we go you know back again to the restaurant or the bar yeah um and you see the lawyer he's he's excused himself mm-hmm. he's like i don't you know this isn't funny anymore right. i've got to go yep and so now patrick's left alone with his friends to yeah he goes back to sit down with his friends and there's some political news commentary stuff on the TV. Yeah, they're talking they're, about like what Reagan is, you know, how can how can somebody, you know, just sit there and lie right. like that, you know, they were watching something that Reagan at the yeah, time. Yeah, they're was like saying. they're like throwing out their two cents like, "Oh, he's he puts on this old this old man um persona, but I think on the inside, you know." And then this is where it cuts to yet another little inner monologue about Bateman. Yeah. Speaking and it's clear that he's he's crossed over to the next level where he just he's never going to be satisfied basically he's saying that even though he's confessed that he still doesn't feel satisfied and he's still angry he still hurts and all he wants is other people to hurt right and it doesn't matter who or when or where and it's just the camera just you know zooms in real close on his eyes mm-hmm. and then fades yep um i have to say <laughs> one of the up there was some of the more disappointing movie endings oh really i didn't like how it ended well because i wanted some closure i wanted to see her the secretary i wanted to see her running to the police station with that planner okay well and turning it in and go my boss has drawn all of this and he might be crazy. Okay, well, here's the thing. Because I left it ambi- like an ambiguous ending yeah. and stuff like that. So how many of those killings do you think he actually did? Do you think he did all of them? Do you think he did some? At first, I thought... we've. This is the second time we've seen this movie. Yeah. And the first time we saw this movie, my feeling was that um, the model... And the lady on the street and Al, the homeless man, yeah. were the only real ones. I mean, and I everybody think... else was imagined. But now I wonder yeah. if... Um, I think Paul Allen was probably imagined. I think he probably was alive. I think he was imagined. Yeah. But I think... Um, I don't know necessarily if the two women, the hooker and that Liz chick, but I feel like maybe... He his the lines between reality and fantasy were starting to get blurred, mm-hmm. and maybe when he was confessing to his lawyer over the phone that all the stuff he was saying, for the most part, was true. That really happened when he was saying, you know, twenty something hookers, right, and this, that, and and all these other people. I mean, I think he was for sure a serial killer, but I don't think he killed. All of the people that we saw him kill in the movie. Yeah, I think I, I think, feel like not. Yeah, I feel like for sure he killed Al. 
Yeah. And the dog, F you. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. He How dare you hurt a, a dog? That's right. Forget those people. Yes. And I think he, I think he probably killed Liz. I feel like he didn't really kill the other hooker, though, because I can't picture somebody chasing somebody with a chainsaw. And that's just it. Yes. And no, I don't think that he killed that particular hooker. She's running through that apartment building in that scene, you know, yep. screaming, banging on doors. Right. And then just... Of just like a naked forty five seconds or so behind her, right, is him with naked the chainsaw and a cha- with a chainsaw while she the whole time is screaming. So I really don't think that hooker was killed. Yeah, I think Liz might have been, and I think like you said, the um, the woman on the street and possibly the model chick yeah. that went home. <laughs> and Al. Yeah, I only say that about the model because of that scene where he's playing with the lock of hair. Right. That's the only thing that makes me think that that was, yeah. you know, supposed to be a reality mm-hmm. and not a fantasy of his or some sort of imagined thing. Yeah. But that's just it. I mean, I they left it kind of ambiguous on purpose, kind of like, um, like the movie Inception. I love the movie. Oh, I like but that movie the too. The ending though. pissed me off because it was, you know, they left it <laughs> where you know you had to kind of guess, yeah, and stuff like that. So, though I've heard, I'm trying to remember where I read this, and and I think it was Michael Caine who kind of. Um, I thought I read that Michael Caine settled that dispute that that it was reality in oh, Inception. Okay. Yeah. That. I don't know. Me personally, I feel like the end scene in Inception. Mm-hmm. I feel like that that was reality. Yeah. Because just before it fades to black, you see the top kind of wobble and yeah. almost fall. Yeah. So I kind of feel like that that was reality there. So you ready for facts? I'm only gonna do a couple because there's like 132 trivia things on yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> All right, so apparently we don't have to read American Psycho because the vast majority of the dialogue in the movie is taken word for word from the novel by Brett Easton Ellis. Hmm. Oh, I remember you telling that to me the first time we watched that. Yeah. And I was like, well, that explains... This movie leaves you feeling very weird. Mm -hmm. And I think that's intentional because you're supposed to be feeling weird because it's a movie about, you know, a psycho, basically. Right. But then again, also, it's like all the dialogue just felt so, um, I'm not, it's not a bad thing, but it didn't feel so, like, movie dramatic. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. Right. I don't know. It Um, felt like it was pulled from a book. Right. So, during the shooting of the film, Christian Bale spoke in an American accent offset at all times. At the rap party, when he began to speak in his native English accent, many of the crew thought he was speaking the way that way as an accent for another film. Yeah. They had thought he was American throughout the entire shoot. So kind of the opposite of what happened with Renee Zellweger in Bridget Jones's Diary. Right. You know? Actually, I didn't know that Christian Bale was English. Oh, yeah. Um, the single biggest cost on the film uh, was purchasing the rights to the various songs used throughout. Okay, I think this is kind of funny. So, looking for a way to create the character of Patrick Bateman, Christian Bale stumbled onto a Tom Cruise appearance on The Late Show with David Letterman. According to co-writer and director uh, Mary Heron, 
Bale saw in Cruz this very intense friendliness with nothing behind the eyes. <laughs> and Bale subsequently based the character of Bateman on that. Interestingly, Tom Cruise is actually featured in the novel. He lives in the same apartment complex as Bateman, who meets him in an elevator um, and gets the name of Cocktail, you know, the movie, wrong, uh-huh. calling it Bartender. So apparently that's what Bateman says in the in the book calling it bartender oh. not cocktail oh okay well i guess huh. the, yeah <laughs> interesting i didn't know that so uh to block the three-way sex scene with two prostitutes co-writer and director mary heron and uh, christian bale watched x-rated tapes uh in her commentary heron says uh, bale made stick figure drawings of the position he thought positions he thought would work best <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad this isn't it's too bad nobody can see the face i'm making I know. right now <laughs> seriously that's okay yeah uh during production christian bale followed the morning routine that his character patrick bateman describes towards the beginning of the film nice yeah wow Man, these facts are, like, better than watching daytime drama. I know, right? Jeez. (laughs) So, let's see. Christian Bale was warned by many that it would be career uh, suicide for him to play the lead in a film like this. This only made him more eager to take the part. Fortunately for him, the opposite turned out to be true. Bale's role in the movie was considered a breakthrough performance and enabled him to shift his career from supporting roles to leading man status in the decades to come. And that kind of goes back to one thing I said earlier. I feel this movie is very weird, and it's not something that I would just jump up and go to a movie to go see. Right. Um, not just because of violence or anything. It's just the subject matter is not anything yeah. I really care about. But he, Christian Christian Bale, for all his, all his stuff, um, he is actually... Um, he's a good actor. I have to gand it to him. Right. I mean, he does a really good job. He's, I think, what you would call a method actor. Yeah. Where they, like, they just immerse themselves and they, like, basically become who they're playing. And they insist on being called by the, the character's name. And they talk in whatever accent it is it's supposed to be at all times. Like, even if they're at the drive-thru, they're talking in that accent. Right. So, but yeah, there's there's a ton of facts. Like, if you guys are interested, check it out uh, on IMDb because there's a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. So sounds like sounds like they're all really juicy too. Right. <laughs> God. So <Stay> figures. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what do you want to use to rate this? Um. You want to use business cards? <laughs> hey, that works. With herringbone inlay yeah. and watermarks and <laughs> all that such fun and stuff. such font with uh, gold lettering. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to give it a four. Yeah. I liked how, you know, it was different. Yeah. Um, This is going to be, I think, my first low score. What? I, I like his performance. I just don't, I don't like the film. It's not my kind of film. Yeah. I'm going to give it a two. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm on the low side with this one. <laughs> I don't know. So. That's probably not a fair way of rating a movie. It's just not my cup of tea. Right. That's okay. But yeah, this movie, you can pretty much find uh, 
you know, anywhere to rent um, yeah. online. Oh, yeah. they're. It's so funny how... iTunes, like, uh, Amazon Prime. Um, exactly. Voodoo, pretty much anywhere. It's so funny how... Um, Okay, when we first started doing this, you know, the the podcast deal, our whole premise is, you know, if it's available on streaming and ser- streaming services, yeah, we're going to watch it and right. we're going to review it and talk about it. Um, you know, when we first started it, I was really kind of worried and wondering, like, are we really going to be able to find, yeah, all these different movies? Like, we have only experienced one time so far where we could not find a movie That's true. on streaming. And I don't remember what it was now. It was Dutch. Was it Dutch? It okay. was Dutch. Yeah. Um, that yeah. was That's the only one yet yeah, so far. Yeah, that's true. It's crazy um, how every, this, somebody's got it. Yeah, I know, Somebody right? out there has it. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, next week, we're going to go back to kind of, I think, a lighter movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're going to watch uh, The Wizard, starring Fred Savage. Oh, yes, that's yeah. right. That was yeah. actually uh, suggested by one of our friends, Aaron. It was, yes. So. Yeah, I don't, I've never seen that. I haven't either. Um, so. I've heard of it, and mm-hmm. I've heard of the whole, you know, the plot, the premise and everything. Right. That it was basically like, I don't know, like a giant commercial almost for yeah. the Nintendo Power Glove. <laughs> yeah. But I've never seen it. I'm kind of excited to watch it. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yep. All right. Bye. All right. Bye.